we need the Holy Spirit and we need the gospel to transform us into the kind of people who our love and affection for people is not in response to what they do for us. Do they make us feel good? I mean, you can see a lot. It, it can be a tempting thing in parenthood when you have a child who makes you look good. They're compliant. They're well-mannered. They're smart. They're successful. And you just like, man, this in your heart, you're like, this kid makes me look really good. Welcome to the Rooted Parent Podcast, which equips parents to think biblically about some of the most pressing and confusing issues of our day. The Rooted Parent Podcast is part of the Rooted Family of Podcasts, which also includes the Rooted Conference Podcast, the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, Ask Alice, and Thanos to Theos. Rooted is a ministry that focuses on advancing grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated youth ministry. Learn more at rootedministry.com. Here are your hosts, Cameron Cole and Anna Mead Harris. Welcome to the Rooted Parent Podcast. I'm Anna Mead Harris. I'm Cameron Cole. They call you... Big C. And they call me... The Team Mom. The Team Mom. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a role reversal? How about it? Know. You know, girl. We, we did well. Should we throw out our new tagline? I think we should. Folks, we're legit. Like in the words of MC Hammer. <laughs> we are too legit to quit. Too legit. Too, too legit, legit to quit. quit. Hey. Where were you in life when uh, when too legit too, too legit to quit came out? This is a question for for you those of you listening. I, maybe you can just like make, you know make a make a make a make a review. Like give us a review. That, we love a review, by the way. That'd be amazing. <laughs> we would love a review. We are really needy. We need you to review. <laughs> but yeah, and then you should just say like you know whatever you want to say about it, and say where you were or what station in life you're in when Too Legit to Quit came out. How about you? Uh, you know, I you remember dates better than I am, but I'm thinking it's college. Yeah, for I was me. the college Wake Forest. Yes, go deep. The um, KD house. Well, we were called oh, Lynx. You were Lynx. We were this is before the sororities came Link. on. That's right. And now they're Link. So, yeah. So now they're uh, Kappa Delta. But we were I was really Lynx. Link, so really Lynx. We were really Lynx at heart. And uh, I, I'm thinking it was college. Do you know what year Too Legit was? I'm pretty sure I was in the fifth grade. Okay. I was yeah. I was a, kind of an unregulated child, and I <laughs> watched a lot of MTV. <laughs> so something about me is I... Like music videos from like the early, sorry, the late 80s to the early 90s, mm-hmm. which I was like in elementary school. Yeah. I yeah. like, I binged on <laughs> TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's when, that's exact late 80s is when I was in college. So that's exactly, that's exactly right. Yeah, fifth grade. Um, uh, that's when I, pe- I peaked in fourth grade and fifth grade. Oh. Yeah. It, uh, all was, it was all downhill from there. <laughs> sorry. Uh, in every way. Yeah. <laughs> well, Anyhow, um, we have a legit, Podcast or, yeah, today. we have a legit and yeah, we have a legit podcast and a, le- a legit tagline. Oh yeah, Sorry. it's um, Read a Parent Podcast yes. where we're helping parents disciple children out of the peace of the gospel, the wisdom of Scripture, and the grace of Jesus. <laughs> and Cameron had to say all of that because uh, I haven't gotten it written down. And if I don't have something written down, it's not stuck in my brain. Uh, so, I love it. so um, yeah, we we uh, we really hope we think that says what we want to say in yeah, each totes, episode. Man. Yeah, hashtag totes. Right, exactly. So yeah, um, we do. that is we think that you know we we think the the putting our best foot forward as parents is to uh, operate out of peace. Of calm, mm-hmm. not out of fear and anxiety, mm-hmm. to let the wisdom of scripture guide 
our you know philosophy, our approach, our decisions, and to to be always parenting out of the grace of Jesus, both the grace, pr- probably primarily the grace of Jesus for ourselves, yes, but also the grace of Jesus for our kids, because we believe that it's the grace of Jesus that actually changes lives. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there is the foundation of the rooted parent podcast for you. Um, there you have it. Yeah. And uh, that's what we're aiming to do. So we're excited about the episode we have today. Dude, this gonna... is going to be a real, I am, I am really excited about it. this is a great text mm-hmm. and it has so much to say about parenting. We're, we're going to be in Genesis 37. Mm-hmm. Um, if, uh, if you, you know, if you want to pull that up on your, on your phone, if you're on the subway or, you're walking or you're, you know, you're di- driving dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you would prefer not to read and drive at the same time, we will read it for you. How That's right. That? That's going to happen. <laughs> that will happen. Yeah, no wrecks, no wrecks, no lawsuits. Well, we are dealing with a highly dysfunctional family here. Yep. And the dysfunction has gone on for generations. Uh, we're going to look at the family of Jacob and re- really, we have we looked at um, his relationship with his father Isaac in the past, and um, now at his his fa- father in law Laban, and that is a dysfunctional family as well, which mm-hmm. we talked about in that episode. Mm-hmm. And he has continued one of the issues, and one of the things that has been handed down from generation to generation in this family is favoritism. Yeah, and that's that's what we're going to look at today. Shall should I start to read? Yeah, well, Bob? let's just for a second. You know, <laughs> talking about favoritism, this is probably something that you, as a listener, could potentially identify with. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard a lot of people. This is kind of a big part of the life, the pain of their life is that you know, my sister was the favorite child. I hear it over and over again, talking to middle aged adults, and this is still a hard part of their life. These wounds really go deep. Yeah. And we'll talk about this more, but sometimes it's more perceived than actual. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, But uh, I have seen it personally in friendships and even in, you know, in my own family relationships that the that favoritism is real and true. And quite often, well-meaning parents don't even realize that they're doing it. Um, And then sometimes, as in the case of our text, it's pretty overt. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, when you have two wives, it's just probably going to be a dysfunctional family. (laughs) Well, there's that. First teaching point, (laughs) don't have multiple wives. Polygamy, not good. Technically, didn't he have four, really? I think so. I mean, Bilha Uh, and Zilpa? Because uh, he he had the... the, um, the, uh, So, Jacob was married to Leah. And then Rachel, but mm-hmm. he got a bonus wife with each of them. Oh yeah, in their right. maidservants. Yeah. So he's he's juggling four women mm. and twelve sons mm. and a daughter or two thrown in there. We only hear about one. There may have been more, but um, twelve sons. Can you just imagine the testosterone? Testosterone. No, I cannot. How many, how many fights? How much wrestling? <sighs> there was <clears throat> so much. A little bit. A little bit of murder. Attempted murder. <laughs> a little bit of attempted murder. There was so much mud and blood at my house with oh, only three yeah. boys. I can yeah. only imagine. How much Hashtag toots. Was was it his? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, let's get into the text. And yeah, we're we're gonna, we're going to look at this story. This is what we've been doing in this series. We've been talking about what the Bible has to say about parenting, and we're going to look at favoritism and partiality. But we're, we'll also see some other things that are really <laughs> helpful and hopeful. Yeah. 
Great. Take it away, team mom. Genesis 37. Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of other of his sons, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. And then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. Good move, Joseph. Good move. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there is a lot in there. So much. I know the song that keeps on coming up is uh, Dysfunction Junction. What function? (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like each verse has got some some junk there. Totally. Um, Let's go to verse three. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of the, this is where everything goes south. Uh, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his sons. And let's remember, Israel is another word for Jacob. That's right. So, yes, loved him more than any of his other sons. And so, you know, right there we can see there's partiality. Mm -hmm. Um, But the key word to me, the key word is because. Uh, Because he was the son of his old age. Mm. um, and He made him a rib of many colors. So, you know, you've got to start at the heart of things. Um, but you know when it says he was the son of his old age, um, that that's a that's kind of that can be idiomatic, and and, and it could it, it doesn't mean that Joseph is the youngest uh, because Benjamin was the youngest son, but Joseph you know was was young. But what it can mean is is that Joseph probably showed unique maturity for mm-hmm. his age. He was mm-hmm. very precocious, mm-hmm. um, and it would also mean that they had a special bond. You know they really connected and. Let's just, let's first start and acknowledge that, you know, we do have, when you have children, you know, if you have more than one, you know, it is, it can be that you have a child that you just maybe connect with more easily. Mm-hmm. You have common interests, you have common personality. That's yeah. a real thing. Let's say hypothetically, and it's, you know, my children are pretty young. Their personalities, you know, are emerging in ways, but you know, the way that they'll be, there's still a lot, there's still a lot to unravel. Yeah, you know, if I had a child who doesn't like to talk, mm. like I that that'll that'll be hard for me. Mm-hmm. I connect through talking. If I have a child who is does not like sports at all and is like super into technology and science, like that, I don't have that, that I don't I don't have any interest in that kind of stuff. Mm. You know, so that might be a little more difficult. 
that might be a little, diff- little more difficult. Whereas if I have a child who loves to talk and loves sports and likes to play and all this kind of thing, it's probably gonna be a little easier for me to connect. So I don't think we need to shame ourselves if we naturally connect within our child, but I do think we need to, we need to recognize and be careful mm-hmm. um, of in ways that could either lead to favoritism or we could relate to them in a way that appears like there's favoritism. That appears to be favoritism. I think one of the really beautiful things about that is as a parent who is further along, because um, my kids are old and I'm old, um, <laughs> is uh, God can give us so much love for that child who is different from us, whose mm-hmm. interests may be unique and um, or just radically different and give us an appreciation for what we might learn from that child. I I really watched this with my husband and one of my children because um, their interests were totally divergent. As you mentioned, loving sports and then loving science. And, (laughs) And I watched my husband just really blossom as a dad Mm. because he so appreciated that his son had so much to teach him and Mm. he did things like take him to the aquarium in Atlanta, which was a dream trip for my son, you know, and they would get books from the library about marine animals and all these things that my, my husband did not naturally have interest in here. I am bragging on my sweet husband, but I love it. But it was, it was amazing to behold. And Mm. so I think we can, it is an opportunity for us to grow in love when we have a child. We want to love our children well. We want to reach them where they are and get to know who they are mm-hmm. and let God expand our hearts mm-hmm. to appreciate them. And so I don't know, I, I say that to encourage a parent that has a child that is hard to connect with. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're not a talker, okay, but how do you connect with yeah, this child? Right on. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. uh, It's an old book by Gary Chapman called Love Languages. Oh, yeah. That's man. And um, (laughs) I I think there's more ways to love people than are listed in that book. But the idea is that we meet people, our children included, by loving them the way they receive love. Yeah, that's right. And that can be really hard to discern when your children are younger. So you just shower them with all all kinds of love. But as they grow older, you come to realize this child thrives on attention. That child thrives on doing something together. Mm -hmm. This one really loves a special, meaningful little token or gift. You know, um, this one really is happy as snuggling. And it's not (laughs) exclusive. You know, we, we have more than one love language. But I think that is one of the most valuable things a parent can learn. It evolves over time. Mm-hmm. I watched it with my kids. But how does my child feel loved? Yeah. And it can really help us combat this this issue of favoritism if we really seek to um, discern what that is about each kid. Yeah, that's really good. And I think one, one thing you said offline, Anna, that's worth exploring too, as we kind of get a little deeper into this text is there's, there's favoritism, but there's also the perception of favoritism. Yeah. I think sometimes you can have a family where you have one child for whom life comes very easy. Mm-hmm. They're very talented. Um, they do well in school. They're a good athlete. They're popular. They make friends. And then you have another child who um, 
who that those, those things aren't true and they struggle a little bit more. And so as a parent, there could maybe be a temptation of like, Oh, I need to really kind of compensate. And then you give all this attention to the child for whom life's a little harder to the point that the older child feels like, Oh, that's dad's favorite. Mm, yeah. Um, or that's mom's favorite. So, Yeah. I think that's, I think it is something to constantly be praying about and repenting. Good. Um, Constantly, God, show me not just where I am actually playing favorites, but where my children are perceiving favorites. That's good. And help me repent. Like immediately show me what to do to repair this because we're not going to do it perfectly. We're absolutely not going to do this perfectly. It is hard and we can't control our children's perceptions. Um, But um, yeah, I do want to go back to the text because I think the robe is such an interesting um, piece of this and what that symbolizes. Can I say one more thing? Please do. This is, and and this really kind of buttresses your point about, um, you know, knowing how each child feels loved. But I had a grandmother and my grandmother, it was so flagrantly obvious to everyone that the favorite child was the oldest grandchild of, of each of her children, my older brother, and then my older, oldest cousin at to a point where it was almost absurd at times, but it didn't really bother us because we all felt so loved by her. Hmm. That it's like, yeah, it does appear that like she definitely likes kind of favors those two, but it was almost kind of like a light joke because we were all felt so loved that it, wow. it almost didn't matter. Wow. Yeah. And honestly, it didn't matter. So going back to the text, here's why I say because is the keyword. Mm-hmm. Um, it is because uh, what that demonstrates is that Jacob's love was con- conditional. There was conditionality. Um, he uh, he loved Joseph more, and what drove that is that he was the son of his old age. I would bet. I mean, we know that Joseph is clearly very, very talented. Mm-hmm. Crazy talented, He's smart, very smart. Some the word says, yeah, yeah, good looking guy, um, and seems like yeah, very wise. And frankly, he has an anointing on the Lord. We'll talk from the Lord. We'll we'll, we'll see that more. But yes, yes, there he is a supremely gifted individual. Yeah, for shizzle. And so that is the basis of it. Is is kind of like loving in a way that is um, loving in a way that's not consistent with the way that God loves. Mm -hmm. Which of course we can't. We can't love perfect. We can't. We're not God. Only God can love unconditionally. Um, all we can do really is recognize it and repent and ask for the Holy Spirit. But it does say in Ephesians 4, uh, verse 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Mm. So in the way that God loves us, like living in that, soaking that up, and then letting letting the way that we relate to people and love people and love our children flow out in that way. And the next verse is therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us, as Christ loved us, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So the real hope is that we need the Holy spirit and we need the gospel to transform us into the kind of people who our love and affection for people is not in response to what they do for us. 
you know, do they make us feel good? I mean, you can see a lot. It, it can be a tempting thing in parenthood when you have a child who makes you look good. They're compliant. They're well-mannered. They're smart. They're successful. And, um, and you just like, man, this, this, you, you know, it's not something you verbalize, but in your heart, you're like, this kid makes me look really good as a parent, you know, makes me proud. I get lots of, you know, applause for this child. Then now you're falling into that because trap of, you know, kind of loving according to works. Yes. Loving according in response to performance. Yeah, that that's a really that's a really good word. And um and God can accomplish this work in us. He he can change our hearts so that we love as he loves. That Yeah, not yeah. perfectly. No. Not, not perfectly and and not perpetually. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of repentance. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Lord the Lord is a a transforming as transforming power. Yes. Um so now let's talk about the robe for a second. Mm-hmm. Cuz this starts in the heart. Starts in the heart, and, and you know, probably, honestly, if we really want to go to the source, it's probably that Jacob, uh, you know, wasn't living under the grace of God Himself, and so that then translates over to the way that he's relating to his kids. Yeah, absolutely. It, it starts in the heart, and then the robe is just a manifestation of what's going on at the heart level. Mm-hmm. And the robe, you know, it, it, the commentary says that. The robe was very colorful. It was ostentatious. It would have been flamboyant. It would have been consistent with what you would have worn if you're royalty. Wow. So you can imagine if you're the oldest child, you know, boy number one, two, three, and you've got boy number 11, who's way younger than you, you know, maybe 10, 15, shoot, maybe 20 years younger. And he has got this robe that is, you know, royalty. Like, yeah. like he's the king. He's the prince. Mm-hmm. That would be, man, that would make you mad. Really, really painful. He's basically clothed in his father's delight. Yeah. And a big part of the problem is that the others are not. Yeah. That's you good. know, it, that's would good be, it would be one thing if he gave everybody a robe. Mm-hmm. And made them all feel as delighted in as Joseph, but he does not. He singles out one. And um, so the others are are incredibly, understandably resentful. They hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. I mean, they hated his guts. Yeah. It was really. I mean, they like literally tried to kill him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. There's, you know, there's boys, you know, fighting and mm-hmm. punching and wrestling. And then there's boys throwing their brother <laughs> in a pit with no water for him to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a really brutal situation. Um do we want to go to commercial and then Yeah, let's come do back that. And, let's go. Let's yeah, go see what I, it is. There's there's more good stuff ahead. I don't I want I wanna drop a little teaser here and uh oh, y'all come back. Everyone is just hanging on the, just the edge of their seat. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm good at creating suspense. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what this commercial is and talk to you in a minute. Our greatest goal and hope as parents is to raise our kids to lifelong faith in Christ. This is no easy calling. Rooted's goal is the same. So we created a family discipleship curriculum you can use in a small group, Bible study, Sunday school, or for your church's entire family ministry. 
We have eight video courses with inductive Bible study curriculum led by pastors, counselors, teachers, and parents, including Colin Hansen, David Zoll, Peter Ong, and Cameron Cole. Course topics include Gospel 101, talking to your kids about sex, parenting teenagers, and parenting young children, and much, much more. Click the link in our show notes from today's episode to sample three free videos, or visit rootedministry.com to sign up today. Welcome back to the Rooted Parent Podcast, where we're talking about Genesis 37 and Jacob and Joseph and uh, favoritism. Yeah, and uh, we want to go back and look at how Jacob really contributes to this problem. We've talked about the coat, yeah. which is a huge problem. But we also see in verse 2 that jo- Jacob has sent Joseph to sort of police his brothers in the field and hmm. bring back a report of how his brothers are doing pasturing the flock. And he brings back a bad report um, of them to their father. So he's actually pitting his kids against each other. That's probably not the way he thought about it. He wanted somebody to go spy out and see if they were doing a good job. Maybe he thought they weren't doing a good job. Mm -hmm. Regardless, that's that's not a good idea. And um, it's it's hard to avoid sometimes because your children yeah. will see each other doing things and they will sometimes come to you and say, my brother's been up to this or my sister did that. And you do need to deal with it. But to the extent that we can avoid having our children police each other, we should never put them in the position of doing that. You're right. And um, it's funny. I have a friend and he always says, he has boys, and you know, for better or for worse. It's so funny. He'll go, Someone comes to tattle. Okay. Is somebody in physical danger? Mm-hmm. Someone in emotional danger. Someone being hurt. Okay. Y'all work it out yourself. <laughs> so true. So true. Our, our mantra was always, you guys are on the same team. That's good. Work it out with your teammate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah. So, so that he contributes, he contributes that. And then we come to these dreams and what Joseph does with these these dreams. Um, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, and so I think there's a little bit, and I mean, we can just see just the pain that has been caused by this. It's, you know, it says that, and you said this earlier, but they hated him. They could not speak peacefully to him. And it's, it's not so much about Joseph as it is about Jacob, their dad. And with a deep sense of like rejection and belittlement that they experience because of the way that he shows such favor and affection for Joseph and that not necessarily extends it to them. Well, and that's going to come to play in what they eventually do to Joseph. Yeah. 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 Totally. Because they also do it to their father. Yes, totally. They, yeah. They bring this incredible pain upon him. Yeah. And, and you can just see here's, this is something that really stands out to me, Anna. And that is that you've got all these brothers and how many of them are complicit. Yeah. In this, mm-hmm. you know, Reuben, Reuben's not participating. Reuben is not like this, but otherwise pretty much everyone is going along with this conspiracy Yeah. to, uh, initially to kill, uh, Joseph. It's pervasive through the entire family. Yeah. The, this hatred and, and to the point of murder. Yeah. Yeah. That's bad. That's, that's really bad. bad. All right. So. One other thing, though, and so we, we know we've we have demonstrated 
the problems that Jacob has created through favoritism. He is not clearly does not have a proper level of self-awareness on this. Mm -hmm. He is pitting brothers against each other. He's got a pecking order. So we can see Jacob's contribution to this, right? You know, he's, he's made the coat. Um, he's pitting the, the siblings against each other. He's you know, showing all this affection for one child and, and, and it's not, you know, there's not, not even a, a modicum of equal distribution. Right. <laughs> um, but we can also to see Joseph's contribution to this. And I think this is important to, to say because a lot of times as parents, we have this notion and we have this notion that there's like a one-to-one correlation between our kids, bad behavior and our parenting. Um, and part of the way that it's reinforced is we look at other people and we look at that terrible kid in your kid's class, <laughs> that terrible, you know, terribly well, uh, you know, poorly adjusted kid on the, on your child's, you know, in, in the neighborhood, whatever it may be. And you're like, ah, parents are parents. terrible. You know, you've, mm. you've, you've, you've witnessed like collectively seven minutes of their parenting in the course of, <laughs> you know, of like, you know, 12 years of the child's life. And, and yet, you know, we make these absolute judgments of like that child's rotten because the parents are terrible. Yep. And I've, I've heard, I've listened to myself do it. Um, but anyhow, but you can see here that, uh, yes, our parenting does influence our kids. Mm-hmm. It is impactful. Yes. Jacob's parenting is a central contributor to this problem. And Joseph <laughs> is an independent agent. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a sinner with a will. Yep. And I mean, guys, come on. Like he does not help his cause here. Um with the dream deal. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. He's just so out of line. It's just this he just does not need to share these dreams. Yeah, lo- low social intelligence, <laughs> very obtuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so the prophecies, as we said earlier, are legit. They are yeah. too legit. Right. Um, too legit to quit. <laughs> but they do not need to be shared. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, we could come back to, well, you know, the way that, that Jacob related to Joseph, you know, he felt entitled to do that, da, da, da. I don't know, but, but like, Joseph, Joseph is contributing to this problem. problem himself 100 percent. he's his own center yeah with yeah. his own sense and yeah. his own consequences yeah yeah um so and yeah and i think that like so often for parents we our child is struggling or our child's acted out and oh i'm the worst parent how could my child do this and it's like he actually might be a really really good parent in the you know in the relative scheme of you know sinners trying to raise sinners but your child's a sinner and has to make his or her own mistakes and experience those consequences, yeah, that on their own. And so, yeah, it, it some of it is just the child's independent will. Yeah, it's in other words, it's just not that simple. It is not that but, simple. Yeah, and there, uh, I hope that you will hear. Um, grace in that, that, mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. are, uh, you know, you're not responsible for everything your child does. You are just not responsible for yeah, everything. That's exactly child. right. That's exactly right. All right. So the, you know, so the brothers, they go on to, um, they go on to, they were going to kill him and then they sell him in slavery. And, um, <laughs> poor, poor Joseph. I mean, I wonder if he could hear these conversations. Like, let's kill him. Uh, no, nah. no. 
no, let, we, I, well, let's not do that. We can make some money off of this. Yeah, that'd be better, <laughs> right? Let's get a little, let's get a little cash out of this. No, um, but poor Joseph, and you know, he's sold in slavery and goes to Egypt, and um, and we can see the sovereign hand of God. Ultimately, the dreams that we see here in um, verses six, you know, basically six through ten, um, they um, they later mm-hmm. come back to demonstrate the sovereignty and the goodness of God uh, on that. Yeah, absolutely, and um, ultimately, that is where we find our comfort. You the the um, brothers end up coming down to Egypt once. Joseph is basically second in command mm-hmm. to Pharaoh. He's in charge of all the grain. There's a famine. The brothers come looking for food. And through a whole series of events, it's actually really dramatic and mm-hmm. fun, like a like an uh, Old Testament soap opera, really, all Truly. the stuff that I mean, goes this on. Is, this is Days of Our Lives, <laughs> Santa Barbara, Young and the Restless, you know. <laughs> those shows, those stories got nothing on the Bible, that is for sure. <laughs> the stories, Mom. Um, but, uh, but eventually, just beautifully and miraculously, their hearts are healed, mm-hmm. and we see those brothers changed, particularly Judah, who mm-hmm. offers himself as sort of a ransom for Benjamin when Joseph is sort of trying to see if they've really repented of what they did or mm-hmm. not. And, um, and it is, is just a beautiful story of reconciliation that ends up with Jacob and Benjamin and all the brothers moving down into Egypt and Joseph caring for them you know, for the saving rest their, of his life. Really essentially saving their lives. Saving their lives and saving the nation of Israel. This was God's provision to save the family yeah. um, that will become the family through which Jesus will come. And there's that beautiful moment at the very end of Genesis that I love because it springboards us into the rest of the Bible. But um, Jacob has died and the brothers are afraid that all the healing has happened, that um, it, it, that it's not real, and that now Joseph will turn against them because of all they did to him, yeah. and um, they're they're afraid that you know he'll kill them now that he has them now that their father's dead, and he says to them, "As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good." To bring about that many people should be kept alive, and it's just a a redemption that's. Uh, only God could do that kind of thing. Yeah. And so, you know, the providence of God, they say, is the intersection of God's goodness and God's sovereignty. So mm-hmm. God's goodness and his total control. And I think there's just a lot of hope in this because if you're listening to this, you know, we, if we if we can all think of like all the different mistakes we've made, all the things we said that we wish hadn't said, ways that you might have you know, favored one child over another, whatever, whatever it may be. I think we all live with that. We all live, we all live with uh, this this guilt and the sense of doom that we have um, ruined our kids, you know, and we sentence ourselves every day. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's just hope that God out of his providence is, is bigger than our mistakes. And we don't, we, we don't need to, uh, obviously it would, it would have gone a lot better for Jacob's family. Um, And the, the, you know, just, the the health and the, <laughs> the happiness of the family. If he hadn't, you know, 
been such bonehead. Yeah. And hadn't been, you know, just so um, unwise and, and, you know, and, and, and so unbiblical mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, and in that, like the Lord was bigger than his mistakes in the yeah. end, his sovereignty and his goodness uh, and his faithfulness to the promise prevails. And that doesn't mean that, you know, for your kids that there's going to be the perfect happy ending like, like this. We don't really know that, but we do know that, you know, God, God is sovereign over your life and over the lives of your children. And there's a comfort in that. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and when we, sometimes we can't see him working that it took decades for this whole story. Amen. That's a great observation. Transpire. And so, um, for those of you who are going through something particularly difficult, uh, with a child and you don't see where the Lord is moving. Um, think about all those years that Joseph's spent in prison and then, you know, working for Potiphar's wife and, um, and then in prison. And then, you know, he, it was a very long time before he even began to see the beginnings of, um, a resurrection in his life. And then this reconciliation is just the the crown with his brothers. It's just the crowning glory. It's just a beautiful story. Well, that's going to be all for today. Um, Good, good, great text. Good story. But we're going to close reminding you that uh, God loves your children more than you do. Uh, You can trust him and you can rest in that. Amen. Uh, Thanks for listening. Hope y'all have a great day. Bye. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Rooted Parent. If you found this podcast helpful or encouraging, we'd appreciate your help in bringing this grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated content to others who might also benefit. Help us serve others by sharing this resource on social media, by leaving five-star feedback, or simply by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated resources, be sure to visit www.rootedministry.com. As always, special thanks to High Street Hymns for the music featured on this episode.